Michael, welcome back to a place mm. where things are hopefully less depressing than America. Mm. Um, <laughs> you have such a way of starting conversations sometimes. I try hard. So you're a professional podcaster. Yeah, you know, I, I am a professional podcaster. Mike, all kidding aside, you were in the once wonderful United States of America. How was that? It's still, it's still wonderful. It's still wonderful. It's, you know. It's 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 wonderful, but perhaps less wonderful than it once was. But nevertheless, it's not a politics podcast. Uh, we should talk about your vacation. How was your vacation to America? It's great. Good. Was, we went to Fire Island. Um, we were with Marco and Tiff, and uh, we've been there. We went there a couple of years ago, and we're happy to go back. We didn't go last year because we got married instead, and went on our honeymoon. Yeah, I I had a great time. I love it there. It was a 10-day vacation that became a two-week vacation. <laughs> Whoops. Uh but it was it was a very nice trip. It was very calming. I find that place to be very relaxing. It's got like a way of life that I enjoy. Uh I understand why Marco loves it so much, right? Like why he is so transfixed on being there. Like I feel like in his situation I would be the same. Yeah, I have not been to Fire Island and I've only been to Long Island in general a couple of times, but uh, last year we took the family and this was when Michaela was, you know, like six months old or something like that. We took the family to a place on the Eastern shore of Virginia. So Virginia is actually two different physical pieces, if you will, separated by water in other States. So there's a little spit of Virginia off on the Eastern edge, you know, off to the East that isn't connected to the mainland, uh, by any land it's connected by bridges, but not by land. And in between the main, the mainland and this little spit that we call the Eastern shores, the Chesapeake Bay. So it's a big, 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 wide, like it's a, allegedly a river, but it's really a bay. I know the, I know the name Chesapeake Bay from Hamilton. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, and so mm-hmm. in any case, we went to the Eastern shore last year for a couple of days and went to this place called Cape Charles, which, uh, it, having never been to Fire Island strikes me as very, very similar the way that you and Marco and Tiff describe it. it, it it's the sort of place where once you arrive there, which you can drive to, which has which is an advantage over Fire Island, I would argue. But once you arrive there, you don't really need to drive anywhere. Pretty much everywhere is walkable. A lot of people just take golf carts or bikes places. And it's just a super, super chill place, or at least that was our experience one time, you know, for a long weekend. And we're going to be going again uh, later this summer for a whole week. And I'm super duper excited about it because in in the same way that you're describing that Fire Island just makes you kind of chill out and and take a breath and and relax a bit. That was our experience with with Cape Charles as well. And so we're, we're really, really looking forward to spending some time there. And I can imagine how much you guys enjoyed it. Uh, tell me, you were there over the 4th of July, were you not? Yeah, that was actually so that the reason we went on this trip at that time was so we could sell like so we could be there for 4th of July. And then after we booked it all, realized, oh, and our first wedding anniversary. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. We're just not used to it, right? We're just not used to thinking about the time of year because we've not done it yeah. before. Mm-hmm. So we also spent our first wedding anniversary there, which is, I don't know, it's just a nice way to you go, go on a vacation. For th- for that event, so mm-hmm. yeah, the Fourth of July was really fun. There were uh, there was like a parade, like a kids parade, which was fun. Like kids like dress up these little carts or whatever and mm-hmm. parade through the town. Fireworks, fireworks were amazing because you could from where we were, you could kind of like see them all the way across Long Island, like just in the distance. It was very beautiful, but it was super foggy that night. So like, oh, that's too bad. We had like 30 seconds of fireworks and then just literally couldn't see anything, which is actually <laughs> kind of funny. Like, so we could hear them. Right. Couldn't see him, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, that's, uh, that's too bad. That is kind of funny, but that's too bad. Yeah. But it was, it was a nice way to spend the 4th of July. There was like this big hot dog, like cookout thing in the baseball park field. So good to see that people are dressing up their houses. It was nice. It was really nice. Like Fourth of July is an interesting uh, holiday for a Brit to me, anyway. <laughs> just I just you know I think it's an interesting thing because um, we don't we don't have a, a day like that where you just celebrate the country, and it seems like mostly from my kind of limited knowledge, the only countries that have a day like this are ones that have had some kind of independence. Yeah. You have yeah, yeah. them? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it is, it is a, it is a pretty regular thing for like X country to have a, you know, like the French have Bastille day. Um, you know, it's that kind of idea, right? Like they're, 
there is like, oh, we overthrew an oppressor. I think typically the United Kingdom as the the oppressor in a lot of these situations. <laughs> so we don't re- we don't have one because we ha- we're an empire, right? So so it's just an interesting thing to like celebrate your country in that way. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean it it it's also kind of it's kind of odd for me these days because I mean I still am proud of America and I still love the country in which I was born but at the same time in a way that I've never been able to to realize before I'm seeing more and more of the faults of America and not to say that I thought it was perfect before but you know I you we Americans are grown yeah, up it's the it's the thoughts of it's the faults of people it's not Americans it's just people yeah I think that there is this uh, predilection from Americans to assume that they are the entire world, right? Uh, it, what is happening in America is happening across the world right now, right? Like yeah. politically and stuff. Like it's not unique. You're not unique in that way. It's just it. it this is what it is. Yeah, I think that's true. But you know, obviously, the only thing I can experience on a regular basis is America because I'm not hopping across the pond every two weeks like you are. And so, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's just. It's a little bit bittersweet for me because I am still proud of the country, but yet I'm still finding ever more fault with the country and the people here. And so it's, it's an odd, it's an odd thing for, for me, but it is nice. You know, 4th of July is one of the better holidays throughout the year in, in the sense that there's not a lot of social obligation around it for most people, you know, like with Christmas or Hanukkah, you know, there's a gift giving obligation. Uh, Um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Thanksgiving is similar in this regard because the 4th of July is kind of like the summer version of Thanksgiving, right? Where it, it, both of these events are basically around getting getting your friends and or family together and eating too much, which is probably a very American thing to do to begin with. But anyway, you know, it's, it's, it's not about gift giving or anything like that. It's just about hanging out and having fun and eating some good food and probably too much of it. And in that sense, I really love the 4th of July. Uh, it also takes on a different air when you have small children who go to sleep at you know, eight ish at night and the fireworks don't usually start until 10 ish at night. And so that becomes a a whole new stress for the evening when you're just hoping that the kids don't wake up. But, uh, but nonetheless, it, it, ours was fine. It was mellow. Uh, We went to Aaron's mom's house and just kind of chilled out and had some, you know, hot dogs and stuff, which was good. What did you do for your anniversary? You mentioned that it was over this trip. Did you two go out alone? Did you just spend it with the Mm Armands? What was the plan there? No, we just went and had a nice dinner. Nice. Together. Spent a little time together. Um, so that was really nice, but we, we we need to establish what our traditions are. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we don't have them. We know that we're gonna go back to Hawaii for our fifth year. Ah, very. That's nice. kind of you know th- th- because we want to go back there, but it's very expensive. Um, so we needed a good reason, and that just feels like a good reason. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we I think we we still have time to work that stuff out together. We don't. I don't think we really knew. I mean, you know, the fact that we kind of both forgot. Not f- forgot, but f- like we didn't really think about it. Sure, we're just not used to it, you know. And and it, we'll get there. Yeah, but totally. we had a nice time. So we should probably mention. I mean, we haven't spoken about it on this show, but like we made jokes about the trip. Like we're talking about the fact that I hurt myself on the trip mm. and had to stay longer. So there are these like uh, uh, there is a longer version of this story on Connected. It's like the opening of an episode of Connected. So you can go and listen to that. I was also uh, a little bit drunk on that episode, just like a tad, like, like just like merry. I was merry, I probably <laughs> a better way to say it, and full of like just different drugs, so like like legal ones, and uh, <laughs> so it might be better to listen to that for the story. But like, I basically jumped off a lifeguard chair, like the tall lifeguard chairs, and landed very badly and hurt my back quite significantly. So we ended up moving the trip another like four or five days before coming home because I couldn't sit down and therefore could not get on a plane. So it's very lucky that we're able to move it. And and I got another accidental vacation out of it. Yeah. What was the last one? Was an ankle or something like that? What was, what was the last thing? No, the last accidental vacation I got was like a month ago in Bucharest. Right. And what, what happened there? No, well, remember, like there was no internet, so I had a I had a, a week oh, extra vacation. Right, right. No, I thought you also like hurt yourself another you're, time. Yeah, too. you're thinking of when I sprained my ankle on my honeymoon. That's what it was. Yes, 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 yes. Speaking of Hawaii, so a year that's before, right. mm-hmm. probably around. Oh man, I wonder if it was like I wonder what it was to the day. Yeah, was it the same day? I didn't even <laughs> think to look at that. It might have been pretty close. Oh man, that would be kind of terrible, but also kind of hilarious. And imagine, so let's just. 
let's just make this up. Let's say it was the 10th. And I'm not even sure you were, you were in Fire Island on the 10th. Let's just say for the sake of discussion, it's the 10th. And let's say for the sake of discussion, it was the 10th on your honeymoon. What are you going to do the next July 10th? Like stay in bed all day? No, man. The problem is, the problem is, so the this, the reason this happened, right, so the, the, uh, it was on the 20th of July. So that was when I hurt myself. On the honeymoon? In Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we haven't even gotten to that yet. So I forget how long our honeymoon actually was. Like we, we were there for like, it was like two weeks, right? And we didn't leave immediately. So mm-hmm. that's why. Um, the problem, this is the same issue. I had it in Hawaii and I had it in Fire Island. I am a typically quite anxious, nervous person. I'm, I'm not a risk taker. But when I am relaxed, like genuinely very relaxed, I will go outside of my comfort zone more easily. Mm, and mm. jumping off a lifeguard chair is one of those things that like, I would never do at home. Yeah, But I did it there because I was so happy and comfortable. So I did it. I would still do it again. Yeah. Because I know, like, I know I'm going to be in those situations again. I'm not going to let something like this ruin the relaxed feeling because there were so many other things that I did on that trip because of that, which I am happy that I did like fun things that I did or different food that I ate that I would never usually have. But because I'm so relaxed, I'm more willing to try stuff. Mm -hmm. So I I don't, I'm not interested in changing that part, especially because like, I mean, provided that there is nothing wrong and it is getting better and I'm like taking care of myself, um, then it's fine. And, you know, and really then the the other thing is like, I really enjoyed the extra days. So <laughs> wasn't I wasn't ready to go home. So it wasn't the worst thing to happen. Yeah, I can understand that. So are you reluctant to go on trips at this point since you seem to be having some sort of issue on almost every nah, single man. one of them? No, nah, man, I hurt myself at home too. Like I'm just, you know. It, I, I'm not. It just it doesn't affect me like that. I understand the thinking. Stephen never wants me to go on vacation again. Yeah, I can imagine, but it doesn't bother me like that. Like I don't, I don't have a feeling about it like that. All right, well, that's good. And and how bad is the fallout from you having been gone for basically two weeks? Not too long after having been gone for like a week and a half. Are you are you able to see the light at the end of the tunnel work wise? Are you basically screwed until December? It's a bit of a disaster. I mean, some this summer is an a nightmare for travel and me and Steven are both away pretty much cons- there, there is like I don't think that between now and like the end of September there is a week where we are both around for the whole time Aye. so it's it's a bit of a nightmare right now but it's because of good stuff though right like there's we're doing exciting things but it just adds to a wildness. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm going to, like, where are we now? We're in July, right? Mm-hmm. What have I got? Maybe like another four or five US trips this year still? Oh, to God. Do. But like, I love it. This is not a complaint. Like, this this what I want to be doing with my life. But, it, you know, it, it just does, it puts, a, it puts a toll on things. No, absolutely. This is like a thing I'm thinking about anyway. Like, not reducing this the stuff that I want to do, but maybe reducing some some things that I don't want to do in my life. And that's something I'm mulling over right now. Well, we should add that. Uh, we should add that for a future show if it doesn't pop up on Cortex first. It's probably that's where it will pop up. Yeah, but we'll correct. see. I'm not. I, I don't know what that means yet. So like, it's not a thing that I want to talk about. Sure. Um, but yeah. To the best that you're willing to share, what are the remaining trips? We're going to talk about one of them actually in just a moment. But what other than the August trip, which we'll talk about in a second, is is still on the docket? There's one I can't talk about. Okay. Because it's for a thing that needs to be announced that hasn't been. Okay. I'm going to Las Vegas again. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I don't think they're not all American trips, I should say. They're just trips. I'm going I to see. Germany okay. for my brother's stag. Oh, where in Germany? Uh, we're going to Munich. We're going oh. to Oktoberfest. Oh, man, I hate you so much right now. Uh, as I'm sure you talked to the Armants about, uh, and I think they felt the same way as we did, um, when the four of us went, I don't think that they really had any particular expectations, and certainly Aaron and I did not, and we loved Germany, particularly Munich, so I am very jealous. Good yeah. for you. And I can't, one of the trips is split into two different U.S. places as well, so that kind of like mm-hmm. brings it up in my mm-hmm. brain. But yeah, lots and lots of stuff still to come this year, which is great, but it's just a lot. 
Yeah, well, you already sound a little bit tired, but given you have a half-broken oh, back I've, and... I've caught some kind of bug on the plane. As you do. So, like, I'm, I'm just, like... I have to be. I have to talk quite softly today because I'm worried I'm going to lose my voice. And I have like another five or six podcasts to record this week. So delightful. You got to like you got to piece that out a little bit. Yeah. Take note, everyone. This is going to be a short show. So with that in mind, let's talk. Oh, you about, say that yeah. we're like 20 minutes in before the first ad break. Oh, so that's true. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, with that in mind, who's awesome these days, Mike? Today's episode is brought to you by Pingdom from our friends over at SolarWinds. It is summertime. But before you pack your bags and set your email to out of office, you need something to tell you that everything's running smoothly on your website and more importantly, when it's not. So you need Pingdom because Pingdom will help let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the severity of an outage. So when you're out of the office, you can stay out of the office. Take a vacation with peace of mind while Pingdom is monitoring your website. It's easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is your URL, and they'll take care of the rest. So go to pingdom.com slash OOO for out of office, right? Pingdom.com slash OOO right now <laughs> for a 14-day trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code ANALOG at checkout to get a cool 30% off your first invoice. And for a limited time only, the reason you should be going to pingdom.com slash OOO is because you could get a chance to win a free out-of-office t-shirt. The shirt's very funny, actually. So, pingdom.com slash OOO and the code analog for 30% of your first invoice. So, thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, that's very good. So, we had alluded earlier to the fact that you're going to be in the States in August. And mm-hmm. we should probably, I don't think we've talked about that on this show yet. And we are almost in August, so it seems as good a time as any. What's going on, man? Really FM is turning five years old Blasphemy. on the eighteenth of Couldn't August. Be. Not possible. It's not possible, but it's happening. <laughs> and we are doing a uh, fifth anniversary live show on August the twenty second in San Francisco. It is going to include many Relay FM hosts, Hi. and we're going to be talking soon about who is going to be a part of the show. But it's going to be a big variety show. We're going to have as many people involved as possible. I heard a rumor that Casey's going to be there. No. So I read that. I read about that somewhere. Um, But yeah, we want to just do this big thing. There are tickets still available. We got a reasonably large size venue. So we do have some tickets still available. So if you are in San Francisco, you want to be in San Francisco, or you can be in San Francisco on August 22nd, you should come to the show. We're planning as big and wonderful a show as we possibly can. So, five years. Five years, son. How? I don't know, ma'am. I couldn't tell you. You know, that means this show is five years old. It does mean this show is five years old. It, it will turn five years old on the 18th because it, it was one of the original five. Mm-hmm. So, all five. There's only three of them left now. No, two. Well, what else was there? Because the pen addict was pre existing. Mm hmm. Inquisitive is retired. Uh huh. Command Space. Virtual is retired. Oh, Command Space was inquisitive, right? Yeah. Okay. Virtual is retired. Uh-huh. We, you know, we, we started a new show. So it's just connected and analog. Wow. I mean, analog was the, was the original, right? Like the, the brand new. Like there was nothing. Mm-hmm. No, the other four shows, there was something that they were before, right? And they just moved into this. Like into the shows that they became, sure. Most mostly, mostly just rebranded and changed a little bit. Uh, but analog was was completely new. It was our it was our new show. So it's going to be going to be five years old. That is bananas. Not only that we've been doing this for five years, but I don't know. Like at the time when we started the show, my recollection was we we thought, yeah, we'll go for a while and see what happens. Not on like neutral and and to some degree not on like ATP. Although with ATP, I think we knew it was going to go for a while. But I think you and I had said we would do you know something like ten or twenty episodes and probably call it quits after that and well yeah well because in the original format of the show like the original conceit the original way that we did it there just wasn't a lot um yeah of stuff that we could do and then the show just kind of morphed kind of changed mm-hmm. a bit you know and which is which is normal you could say it pivoted we could say that i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't could. either but you could uh no it's also funny too because at the time in which relay was launched at the time in which analog was launched I had thought that it was cool that, you know, we were the the one new original, but I didn't really think much of it at the time. And at, now as I reflect on it five years later and, and seeing how far Relay has come, 
I think I'm much more proud of the fact that we were the one new one at, at launch than I was mm. at the time. And I hope that doesn't come across as a bad thing. I don't mean it that way at all. But I don't know. It just I feel I feel kind of special and I feel kind of proud and and I don't know strong for lack of a better word that 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 this show is one of one of the original batch and moreover, like I said, the only yeah. new one. I think that's something to be proud of. I always uh, one of the things that I always like when I think about that is you were the first person to take a chance on us. I, I and I appreciate that, and yes, strictly speaking, that's fair. But I think it was pretty. It was it was not a particularly risky maneuver. I wouldn't well, say, but I hear you. I don't know. I mean, I, I always appreciate that. No, and, and I and I appreciate you, Mike. But uh, what what made you want to celebrate this way with like a big live show and having people? And and how did you land on San Francisco for that matter? San Francisco is where we have the largest listenership. Okay. City-wise, mm -hmm. for a lot of our shows, right? So it was either going to be there or New York, and but that wasn't the main reason. Mm -hmm. So like that, that was a reason. It was why we decided we would do a live show there, but it's because I'm already going to be in San Francisco that weekend. So uh, right. For the San Francisco Penn Show. Right. So when we thought, wouldn't it be nice to do a live show? And oh, by the way, I'm going to be in San Francisco like but five days after the company anniversary mm -hmm. and it's one of our largest markets and it's the city that people would want to travel to anyway, even if they're coming from somewhere else, it made perfect sense to, to us that we would do a show there, right? Like it's just, it, 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 it's like a perfect storm of stuff, right? Like if I was going, if the Atlanta Penn show was that weekend, we probably wouldn't do a show the way that we're doing it. Yeah. Okay. Right? Plus fair. we have, we already have a handful of hosts that are in that area. Mm -hmm. too right so like you know it, it's beneficial and again it's like another thing that like lots of people would like to go in because there's been it, there are things that they can do in san francisco right like people that they can see like there's there's reasons to be there so uh it made sense to to us that if we were going to do a live show we would do it then and we'd do it in san francisco yeah i mean it, it makes sense to me as well so yeah that's uh, awesome. Uh, what are you doing that is not public? Is there anything you're willing to share? Like, are you and Steven going on a retreat or anything like that? What 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 else is happening? Well, I'm going to be in Memphis beforehand. Okay. Um, we're doing like our kind of like get together, which we have done every year except for last year, mm -hmm. um, where we kind of get together and we talk about stuff, we plan stuff. A lot of our big ideas have come from spending time together that week. But, um, and we are working on, I mentioned I have another trip, right? And so there is a big thing that we're working on that for later in the year that we will be working on together whilst in Memphis. Mm -hmm. So we are actually, unlike most years, uh, we have the thing that we know we're going to spend some time working on. It's not just going to come up as mm -hmm. part of the part of the conversation. So uh, we're going to be working on stuff like that together. And then... If we, we we should have quite a lot of hosts coming in, I would hope. I mean, we're still kind of working it out with people that want to make the trip or who can make the trip. So doing things together as a group would be nice. Um, we'll do that. Uh, but yeah, that's the kind of like the, the non-public celebration stuff. And I'm sure me and Stephen will find something nice to do on the 18th. You know, maybe we'll go for a nice dinner in Memphis or something, right? It's like the, the way to congratulate the fact that we did it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got, it's like a lot of little things. I, I'm very proud. I mean, I'm, just, I'm very proud of it all. I'm be very emotional all the time. So <laughs> I think that's completely fair. Uh, what are your expectations for the next five years? I'll ask you about your hopes in a minute, but do you have any expectations for the next five years? Anything you hope, or uh, I shouldn't say hope anything that you're thinking will or should happen? Mm, it's difficult for me to break expectations and hopes up. Okay, well then intermingle them. Uh, it will still be around and the company will still be going and we'll still be doing good. I, I feel like as long as nothing like catastrophic happens or one of us does decides we don't want to do it anymore, mm -hmm. um, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't be around because we've taken the past five years in our stride mostly. Nothing bad has happened. You know, We haven't had disasters. The company's growth is good. And isn't stopping. So considering we haven't plateaued yet, I'm feeling pretty confident about our ability to stick around. Mm -hmm. So 
that's kind of like where I feel for the next five years is like, we'll just keep doing this, I guess. And because we both, everybody wants to do it. Um, the industry is as strong as it's ever been, even for companies like ours. So there's no reason why we wouldn't keep going. Yeah. No, I mean, I hope it continues basically forevermore. Do you have any aspirations to have something on the network turn to like a serial level event? You know what I mean? Like, do you, would, would that interest you or do you what, like, are you asking me, would we like to have the most popular podcast on the planet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't mind. Well, no, I mean, I'm serious though, because no, I don't know what, I don't know. Don't, what are you asking me? Because that has, that, that comes with it. I, I, with attention comes problems potentially not always, but potentially. And so, you know, that, that certainly would hopefully, you know, the, the rising tide raises all ships, whatever the turn of phrase is, but yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really desire for that. What I would like is, uh, more shows as big as our biggest shows. Okay. That's all I want. I, I don't want the next serial, but you're right. Like I, I'm not interested in dealing with what it would be like to have 1.5 million people listen to something right exactly like, I'm, I'm not interested in the fallout of that um because that's a bunch of stuff that i don't want to do but i would love some shows like more shows that are on the top end of what we have like we have a few outliers and i would like there to be i'd like there to be less outliers you know what i mean yeah yeah totally i think that makes perfect sense but i'm not doing anything active for it like, <laughs> that was my, my that was my goal for this year it's like my theme right I'm stabilizing myself and our business. Like I, mm -hmm. I'm not actively trying to recruit people for new shows this year, which has not been a thing. And and if anything, like I'm being way more hesitant about stuff that we're like pitches than I have been in the past mm -hmm. because we have a lot of shows and we have a lot of people and trying to manage all of that is becoming increasingly more time intensive and difficult because yeah. it's just a lot of people right and like a lot of needs yeah yeah and so i'm trying to like make sure that like before we continue to grow that our base is strong basically yeah i think that makes perfect sense well, congratulations. I mean, I, I I hear rumor says I'll be able to say this to you in person in San Francisco, but congratulations on on five years. And we're talking at least once more before then. But uh, it's exciting. It is it is super exciting, and and it's something that you and Stephen both should be extremely proud of. And and I couldn't think of two nicer fellows to have it happen to. So and well, I shouldn't say happen to. I mean, you worked for it, but you know you know what I mean. Mm hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. What else is awesome other than relay? Uh, we should talk, we are a new sponsor for this show. Excellent. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Smile. You know, the sponsor makes me smile. Good. I want to talk about Text Expander. You can turn the things that you type often into snippets and use them everywhere that you type. Companies use Text Expander for teams, for customer support, for reports, for email, and anywhere else they need consistent and accurate text. I own and run a small business. Do you? There are multiple people in that business now. It continues to grow. And when we are communicating with companies that we work with, there is a real benefit and a consistency of how we share certain types of information. So we have at Relay FM a shared text expander uh, snippet list that, like, because we have a team, we have a team account, and we are therefore able to share a bunch of snippets together. Uh, so there, we have a level of consistency when we're talking to people, which is great. So um, if, like me, you're always looking for ways to be a little more productive. You need Text Expander. It's going to handle all of your repetitive typing tasks, leaving more time for you to do what you do best. Go to textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander right now. That is textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more today. Our thanks to Text Expander from Smile for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So I was thinking the other day, and I was going through and entering some stuff in day one. And Day One is not a sponsor of this program, but it should be. And Day One is a journaling app that I use to capture just events in my life. And it used to be that I would only capture things that were like really monumental. So like trips, uh, things with regard to having kids. Uh, and I don't know, like when, when I got together with family that I don't see often or something like that. But 
over the years, I've become more and more diligent, I guess, with day one and in using it and trying to capture more arguably mundane parts of my life because they are fun to go back on and remind myself of. And as I was doing this, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I think it's gotten to the point that even despite my deep, deep, deep addiction to Twitter and my reasonably deep addiction to Instagram, I think if there was one and only one app on my phone that I really and truly could not live without, it might be day one because it is the app that I think provides me the most joy bar none, even though there are some other contenders, the most joy and that I think does possibly the most perfect job I can imagine for cap for quickly and easily capturing events in my life. And so I've already obviously, you know, told you my answer to the question, but you can guess what the question is, Mike, what's the one app that you absolutely cannot live without? Uh, I almost feel bad for saying it at this point, but it's like, Insta it's Instagram. Yeah. So what makes you feel bad about it? I mean, I think I can guess, but what makes you feel bad oh, about Facebook. it? Facebook. Like, oh, Facebook. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get it. All right. Leave me alone. <laughs> I get it. But I don't know what you want from me. I know what you want from me, but I'm not going to do it. All right. Yeah. I love Instagram. Uh, it is a source of happiness. It is a source of creativity. It's a source of connection with people that I care about. It has its downsides sometimes. FOMO is a thing. I don't get it very often, but I get it. And sometimes I get it from Instagram, but I get it from anything, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's not in Instagram for me. I understand why it is for some people, but for me, Instagram isn't the problem. It's the missing out is the problem. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to happen in many ways, right? Like, it's just one of the ways that people I know can share things, but people that I know also share things on Twitter as well or in Slack or whatever, right? Or they talk about trips that they take on their podcasts. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so there's many ways for me to feel it, but Instagram provides me with stuff that I really enjoy, allows me to expand my horizons a little bit with the content that I consume. The, you know, the, the list of people that I follow on Instagram is so different to the people that I follow on Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like different types of people, different things that I'm interested in that can be represented differently. You know, like... Um, I've just gotten, we've just gotten into Queer Eye uh, on Netflix. I watched one episode a while ago and I didn't like it. Um, and I, I just, we didn't see the first episode. We just watched a random episode and it's one of the weaker episodes. So I thought the show wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. And then I watched it again and now I can't stop wanting to watch it. Like I love it. It's making <laughs> me feel so good about everything. So now I follow all of the Fab Five on Instagram. Yep, now, yep, yep. as a straight man, I have never been in a situation typically in my life where like I have chosen to follow accounts where like the guys are just like mostly naked a lot of the time right on their Instagram. <laughs> but like, I like it. It's like, this is fun for me. Sure. I, I like seeing them. They, I love all of them. Like they're so interesting, but like, that's one of the things that I get from Instagram. Like I broaden my horizons a little bit um, where I wouldn't in any other medium. Right. Like, if I'm following them on Twitter, it's like whatever. But like on Instagram, like Anthony, the chef, there's a picture of him yesterday. He's just in his underwear. And I'm like, all right. As you do. You look good. But like it's this is the kind of stuff that Instagram allows me to do because I can like broaden the types of things that I follow. Like it becomes an important way for me to understand the world a little bit differently because it's all vi it's visual and I respond very well to that. So and, you know, I have friends that, like, they post artwork that they're working on or pictures of their family. I know that you and Stephen really hate that, but... Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that's a bit of a mischaracterization, but I'll let it slide for now. So, like, there's a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of bunch of things that I enjoy. I don't know. I, 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 I love Instagram. I think that's totally fair. And, and I have found... I, I don't know... <sighs> I've probably said this 13 times before, which means it's probably a lie and I just don't realize that I'm lying. But my feeling is that with each passing day, I pay less and less attention to Twitter and am less and less addicted to it. Now, to be clear, oh, still, Casey, I'm I deeply addicted to it. I don't want to talk about this because it's like I don't want to be that guy. But like, I am not using Twitter very much. Oh, yeah? Yeah. See, and I want to get to that point. I really do. I really honestly do. So... I'm spending time in the app, but I'm not really reading it mm -hmm. when I'm there. Mm -hmm. I'm just like scrolling. Yeah. And I'll just stop and, 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 but I am, 
I have spent so much less time on Twitter because I've been traveling so much. When I travel, I don't really check it anyway. It's like, oh, if I'm not checking it, I'm fine. And I'm start using RSS again mm-hmm. to get my news, to make sure I'm getting the news that I need. And I'm just like looking. I'm, it's not even necessary that I'm spending less time. I am. But I'm also paying less attention when I am in the app. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not like pouring myself into it like I've done in the past. And part of that comes from using the official app. I'm telling you, if you want to cut down your usage, use the official app. Yeah, I have people that try to defend it to me constantly, and it ever it's, I, I, it's not good. It has its problems. It, it's a good app. Oh, it it's is missing not a good features app. that you want, but oh. the application itself is actually pretty nicely oh. made. I don't want to get in this argument right now, but I, I vehemently disagree. I think it's garbage. But I think to your why? point, though, no, I want to know why. You tell me why. Come on. Oh God, now let me open it up. Um, you know, a lot of the things that I expect to happen in the places I expect them to happen don't happen, and they don't happen the way I expect them to. Um, first of all, like anything that isn't directly, um, based on time, I think is garbage. Uh, anytime I want to reply to something, I tap the wrong thing. If I want to look at a conversation, I tap the wrong thing. Right. But that's just cause you don't know it. Like it makes uh, sense. Yeah, when you know I it. guess. Um, I don't know. I, I forget what else that bothers me about it, but I do pop into it from time to time. You cannot like it. It can be not your style, but and that's fine. But I, I don't actually think it's a bad app. I don't know. As far as like apps from companies like Twitter go, it's pretty good. Like uh, it's, that's fair. It feels nicer to me than the Facebook app. I would agree with that. You know what I mean? Like it, it, I agree. Like it is a big company app, so it has that big company feel, which usually is like weird in places. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, they do a lot of nice animation, and, and this is pointless. So I don't know why we're talking about this, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I, if you want to cut your usage down, you should try their app, which is kind of a hilarious thing because Twitter's whole goal is to try and get you to use the service, sure. right? But like, if you use their app, you actually may use the service less. Yeah, I hear you. I don't know. Maybe I should switch to it. But I mean, one way or another, I found that, I, well, and again, I might be lying, but I feel like I have been using Twitter considerably less these days. And and I think that's for the best. And it used to be that if I didn't check Twitter regularly, I would start to get anxious because I would know that I was missing out on you know hundreds of tweets and I didn't want to have to catch up. And I have long since given up on being a completionist. Yeah. Um, and now I've found that Twitter has moved at least usually in my mind from something that I feel like compelled to check to, Oh yeah, I guess I haven't looked at Twitter in a while. I guess I can look at that. Whereas Instagram to your point is starting to be more of, Oh man, I really want to see what's new on Insta these days. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's probably ultimately a good sign. If you can excuse the fact that Instagram is owned by Facebook and Facebook is pretty much evil. Yeah. Should we talk about day one a little bit though? Sure. Because you kind of mentioned it and then just like moved on to ask me, mm-hmm. do you use day one for its intended purpose? Are you writing a diary? No, no. So, well, it depends on how you define diary, right? But to me, I would say no. Um, I don't I don't have like a reminder because day one can optionally remind you like every single day, hey, you know, do you want to go ahead and write something? It's that time. And I don't do anything like that. But, and and I don't typically use it as a diary, although I keep trying Actually, if you'll permit me a, a small tangent, I, I don't really care for time tracking. We've been over that numerous times on this show. However, I have been trying to create the habit of logging what I do for work during the day, every single day. And it hasn't really stuck yet. Like I hadn't done it since February up until yesterday, but I'm trying to create a log of what I do during the day to get a feel for if I'm working too much or too little. And in that sense, that is more diary-like. But my regular stuff that I put in day one, it is not a diary. It's just things that have happened. So, for example, the last several entries in my day one. Uh, Yesterday, we had Michaela's 18-month checkup. And so I put in an entry with a couple of pictures about that. The time before that was this past Sunday when I was at my parents because my youngest brother and his uh, long-term girlfriend were in town uh, and so we went and visited them and like went to their fa- their like community pool and hung out. And so I put a few pictures in there and just a quick blurb about what we had done. Uh, the time before that was this past Friday when we did our traditional. This feels like a diary. Well, okay. So here's what I'm saying, right? Like, what is a diary? To me, a diary is more about prose and is longer form. Well, I, I just think it's because people didn't 
have phones. Uh, yeah, fair. So yeah, then I guess in that sense, this is more diary-like. But you know, yeah. I'm trying to just capture events throughout our lives. And at first, like I said, it used to be really just in, in, in arguably monumental things like, Hey, Declan was born, you know, or something. not quite that bad, but you know, like we had an appointment for Declan, you know, when he was not Declan yet, or, you know, Oh, Aaron is started contracting or something like that. You know, something big. Yeah. I used to use day one for like, I would record big life achievements in there. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what it used to be up until the last, yeah, maybe around the time Michaela came around, actually. And then I started to be less critical of what I put in. So so I told you we had her 18-month appointment or our weekend at mom and dad's when my little brother from California came in. Those are still fairly monumental. The tie, The entry before that was this past Friday when we went out to get ice cream because it was Michaela's half birthday. And that's a tradition that Aaron started that when a kid has a half birthday, we'll all go out and get some ice cream. It's just a cute little thing that we like to do. And on the surface, like who cares? We went and spent five bucks on frozen yogurt or something like that. Like, you know, whatever. But over time, I've allowed myself the time to chronicle that because in a year, it'll be cute to see Michaela at a year, you know, at, at 18 months, it'll be cute to see Declan at four and a half years, you know, and I'm looking at a picture of him, like with the ice cream tub tip tilted up into his mouth, you know, he's slurping every last drop of ice cream from it. And at the moment, is that a particularly monumental picture or moment? Eh, not really. But when I look back on this in a year and two years and five years and 10 years, is that going to be monumental in a way? Yeah. And, you know, day one does a really good job of time hop style showing you not only what's happened on this day in years past, but what's happened at this location in years past. And so I just really love being able to relive these memories. And it is not terribly often that I'm going to put something that's like genuinely sad or depressing in here. So, you know, very recently my step grandfather passed uh, just a couple of weeks back and he had been in the family for 30 plus years. So, I mean, he was all but blood at this point. And of course I put that in day one and that's going to make me sad when I see it in the future. Mm-hmm. But most of the stuff in day one is just stuff that makes me happy. It may, it may be incredible stuff like, you know, Declan, finished his first day at preschool, like that's going to make me overjoyed for, for probably the rest of my life or Declan, Neo completed his first swimming lesson or something like that. Um, but then some of it is just silly stuff. Like we went and got ice cream, but it still makes me happy. And so I think dollar for dollar, you know, pound for pound, so to speak, the thing on my phone that makes me the most happy is day one, because not only does it make me happy when I, when I ingest what I've written in the past, but just the act of writing it down to remember it later also makes me thankful of what I just experienced that day. And I think that's super important, too. Yeah, I've just opened my one up and I'm flicking through it and it makes me feel like I wished I kept it up. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I don't have a good answer for you on that, to be honest. Like, I try to remember every day to think about, is there anything worth putting in day one? And like I said, you can do a, it, it, it will notify you if you so desire and say, Hey, you know, it's eight o'clock at night or seven 30 or whatever time you want to set it for, you know, it's time to write in day one. But I feel like then it becomes a burden and an obligation. And then it becomes not as happy to me. That's just my experience. Maybe you'd feel differently, but I really try to, you know, after the kids are in bed, when Aaron and I are sitting down, usually to like watch a TV show or something like that. I try to take a moment with my iPad and just think about what did we do today? Is there anything worth saving? And I'll look at, you know, the pictures from my, my photo stream and see, is there anything worth capturing here? And to be honest, most days there aren't. But at least once or twice a week, I find that there's something that I think is worth saving and something that I think will make me happy in the future. And again, I can't stress enough, the biggest tip I have for you, both you, Mike, and you, the listener, is that at the time, it may not seem monumental, but imagine how cool it will be to look at this in one, two, three, four, five, 10, 15 years. And in that sense, it might be worth capturing after all. Oh man, there's some, there's some deep stuff in here. This is crazy. One of the things that I'm looking at that we had, what was our first entry into day one, was us packing to go to Germany with the Armants. And I remember now that the reason I picked up day one in the first place was because I wanted to do something where I could chronicle where we were with like full on geotags and stuff, but I didn't necessarily want to broadcast it to the internet, you know, and I'm, I go in waves about this. Sometimes I don't care if I tell people exactly where I am, exactly when I'm there. And other times I get a little more nervous about it. But at that point, I was not keen on the idea of saying we are at the BMW Welt Museum right now. 
you know, and broadcasting that to Twitter. And so instead what I did was I would put it in day one. And so day one is also a really great, like private Foursquare in a sense, or, or swarm or whatever it's called these days, in the sense that I can mark exactly where we were, exactly when we were there, take a picture if I so desire. And that's private just to me. And so my first few and my first 30 entries in day one are our trip to Munich, which makes me extremely happy because I had so much fun on that trip. And, and day one is really great tagging. Again, this is not an advertisement. It really genuinely isn't. It's, it, it should be, but it isn't. And so I just love this app so much because it, it has tagging and you can go as crazy with that as you want or as not crazy. So as an example, when I go on a trip, I'll create a tag for that trip. And so I can look at my tags and I can look at things that are tagged WWDC 2019. And I can look at all the stuff that you, me, or we got into this year very quickly and very easily. Or I can go all the way back to, you know, WWDC 2013 or something or whatever. I first started doing this sort of thing. And I don't know. I just, for me, it's so, I, and I think this is no, in no small part because I have such a terrible memory. I just love so much having some consistent repository wherein I can place memories and know I can get them out again later quickly and easily. Man, I'm getting real lost in this. I'm telling you, you should bring it back. You should, you should start doing it again. Like even if it's just once a week, even that I think will make you happy. I'm going to move it out of its folder or wherever it is. Put it back on my home screen. It's right front and center for me. Uh, on my iPad, and I don't remember, I think you probably made fun of this for me, uh, made fun of me for this in the past, but my iPad has five folders when held, when held horizontally, it has five folders across the top where the overwhelming majority of my apps are that aren't, of course, in the dock. The mm-hmm. only stuff that exists not in the dock and not in one of those folders is settings, Fantastical, which maybe should be on the dock, but maybe not, and day one. Everything else is in a folder. Why is it not on the dock? Day one or Fantastical? Day one. Uh, because I don't, I only use it but like once a day. So I, to me, the doc is something, and I think you told this, told me this, you know, uh, mental hack, but the doc is stuff that you'll be referring to like constantly on and off. It, yeah. it may or may not be the stuff that's most important to you. It's the stuff you refer to the most. So as a great example, okay. notes is in my doc because I do refer to it constantly. Day mm-hmm. one, I only use maybe once or twice a day, but I do want it to be front and center on my home screen and, and I don't want it to be buried in a folder. And on my iPhone, on my very first home screen, which is where I do 90% of my work, if you will, there's day one, not in a folder, front and center. This is a nice little topic. Again, and, and maybe day one isn't for you. Well, may, maybe you want to use some other mechanism. Fine, whatever. But I can't stress enough that having some sort of, and I want to call it journaling, but again, that has like baggage to it in the same way that I think time tracking has baggage to it that isn't really fair. Well, Casey, let me tell you about (laughs) journaling. (laughs) Exactly. So I don't want to, it's such a loaded word, but I think just recording the events of your life, especially the big ones, but if if you're willing, even the not so big ones, recording them in such a way that you can look at them again later, I think is super important. I mean, I, I, I feel like for me, I would be doing like, it's like a, for a multimedia experience, right? Because I have my journal that I keep every day, but the ability to take screenshots, take pictures and post mm-hmm. the things that are like monumental things that I consider achievements, which is what I've used day one for in the past for a while. I think I wouldn't mind getting back to that. Yeah. And again, it, it, whatever works for you, you, Mike, you, the listener, that's what works for you. And that's fine. But I, I can tell you this is how I like to do it, and and it's been working really well for me. And uh, there, I, I'm on their beta train, and there's some really really good stuff coming coming down the pike. And and I I don't recall what of this is uh, what of this I can speak about, and what of this I can't. So I'm not going to bring anything up. But I will just say that there are some really great features coming coming down the line. And and for what it's worth, um, the the there is a free version that has no ads. Um, it is. It is not severely limited, but it is certainly limited. But the premium version, which I do pay for, uh, and I think is absolutely worth it, uh, gives you a whole ton of features, including uh, encryption. Oh, there's the thing I was thinking of. So uh, I wasn't sure if I could talk about it, but it is public. Uh, It can actually import your photos from Instagram automatically and put them in a in its own journals, you know, so journals, a collection of entries. And I have a, I have a work, I have a work log journal. I have my journal journal. And then I have an Instagram journal where it will automatically pull in stuff that you post to Instagram, not the stories, mind you, but your, you know, regular posts and put those in their own journal. And another thing that you can do, and this does cost extra money is you can print a physical book 
that has all of your entries. And we did this once as like when we were beta testing that, that whole book printing process and it looks beautiful and it's really, really nice. So uh, whether or not day one is for you, that that's up to you, but I can't, I cannot encourage you enough that you should, you should probably give day one a try. And even if you don't try day one, just try something to keep, to keep these memories some way, somehow. Today's episode is also brought to you by ISL Online, a reliable and simple-to-use remote desktop software. You can remotely access and manage devices to provide on-demand IT support. It is super easy to use. If you work in support, you know how tricky it can be to help a client with a problem. It can take ages to navigate somebody through a problem on the phone, right? You're trying to say, oh, click this or what's that? Or imagine even, and we've all done this, trying to do it over email, text messaging, that kind of stuff. It is maddening. You can save yourself all the hassle of frustrating phone calls and endless email screenshots because of ISO online. You can access a Windows, Linux, or Mac a remote computer in less than three seconds so you can help your clients the, the moment that they need you. You can even access any remote computer using iPhone, iPad, Android, or and phone or tablet, right? You can use your iPhone, your iPad, or an Android device as well. You can set up permanent remote access. Just install a remote access agent on any Windows or Mac computer and your clients will have the peace of mind and you will have the peace of mind knowing that ISL is fully compliant with strict security industry standards. They are very, very hot on that sort of stuff. Take the hassle out of IT support and get a fully featured trial right now by going to islonline.com slash analog. That is islonline.com slash analog. Our thanks to ISL Online for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Apologies are a thing that I've been doing a lot recently. <laughs> I should apologize a lot for last episode because I did not give our intrepid editor Jim the correct file and I was already on vacation. So if you were thinking, huh, it sounds like Skype was used at certain points in the conversation last episode, you were correct. It was. Um, I apologize. So I have another apology to make. Uh, on a previous episode, listener Chaz sent in a bunch of amazing questions, like just a bunch of really few questions. We have some more today. Um, and one of them was about having people get your name wrong. <laughs> I called Chaz Chris on this nice. episode, like multiple times. Now, I am going to blame autocorrect for this. Of course. Right? Because I wouldn't just write it out randomly. I still apologize that I did it. But that I, I would expect the reason is because I, I rewrite all this stuff into our document. And so it must have corrected and somehow from Chaz to Chris, because I wouldn't read it like that. It, that would make, it's nonsense, right? Like I wouldn't read Chris if it said Chaz. So sure. I also hope that I'm saying Chaz correct. Maybe like Shaz. I don't know, because now I'm really <laughs> paranoid. Uh, but I'm sorry, Chaz. So let's, ask, let's go through a couple of these questions. Um, was it hard for you to choose the groomsmen for your wedding? Did you feel like you had too many or too few choices? I'm expecting this for both of us. I will start and say it was so difficult. I wanted to have like 25 groomsmen. It was a very, very difficult thing for me to, to whittle the number down to where I ended up with. And what I ended up doing was like, because I had two best men, right? I had Steven and my brother. And then I wanted to have like all of my friends as ushers. <laughs> so the way that I did it, instead of asking everyone or just a few people, was I picked my oldest friend, uh, Terry, to be my one usher, because then I, I kind of like between the three guys that I had in my wedding party, right? Like it was the, you know, it, it was like my oldest friend, my business partner and confidant and my brother, mm -hmm. right? So like that felt like a nice mix of like the phases of my life. Yeah. So that was kind of where I, where I went with that. Uh, for me, it wasn't too bad. Um, I had, geez, I don't even remember. It was so darn long ago. I had a best man who, so the tough thing for me at the time was picking a best man because I had two friends that I, at the time was very, very, well, three really, that I was very, very close with. Two I had known for years. And uh, the and the other one was the one who actually introduced me to Aaron and, and Aaron to me. And I was very close with them at the time, but I had only known him for a couple of years at that point. Um, and in order to dodge the bullet of picking the quote unquote wrong friend of the two I had known for years, uh, I picked my friend that introduced Aaron and I to be my best man. Um, and I don't regret that. Uh, and that wasn't terribly hard. And picking the rest of my groomsmen wasn't terribly hard. However, I deeply screwed it up because in retrospect, I should have had both of my younger brothers as groomsmen and I did not, which was not a slight. Like it wasn't, well, it was a slight, but it wasn't designed to be a slight. I just thought, oh, I'm going to pick my <laughs> friends. And and then in retrospect, I 
I I really do regret that that I should have had both of them up there with me, and it was a mistake not to. And, and again, it wasn't it wasn't a deliberate thing in the sense that I wasn't trying to make them upset. I wasn't trying to say that they weren't important to me. I I, just, I don't know. I thought of it as you know I'm going to pick my friends. I thought that's what people do, and and I was one of my first friends to get married, so I didn't really think much of it. And and in retrospect, I really I really screwed that up, and I do feel bad about that. Yeah, yeah. I, my thing like there's three three of us right me and my brothers mm -hmm. and we all have to kind of we're gonna all gonna cycle through each other right <laughs> yeah but i also wanted steven so i just went with two yeah and i in in retrospect i probably could have done that too with those two friends that that i was close with for years and years and years but i don't know it, it wasn't too bad for me but i i think mistakes were made i got i got two i got two speeches so oh, that's true that's a good point that was good uh, what was the last simple change that you made that has saved you a lot of time? For example, this is also from Chaz. I somewhat recently changed to having multiple laundry baskets in my closet so that I can pre-sort clothes before doing the laundry. That is a very good answer. I don't know if I have a great answer, especially because Chaz had said simple change. The only thing that comes to mind is that I have added a smattering of home kit stuff to the house. Um, mm. and this involved Homebridge, which is, which is the opposite of simple, but, um, mm. but basically in the evening, when we start the bedtime routine for the kiddos, the things that need to be turned on are automatically turned on. That's overhead nice. fans, lamps, things, dehumidifiers, oh, things of that nice. nature. And so, uh, that just happens every night at the same time, as long as somebody, you know, as long as Aaron or me is in the house. Yeah. And that is super convenient. Erin uh, is slightly less on board than I am with it. I mean, she, I think she likes it, but she's kind of like, dude, why do we need to bother? But to me, I, I like it a lot that I don't have to worry about flipping. Because we live in the future. In the future. In the summer of fun. Oh, wait. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I really think that that is, again, not really simple, but something that has made me very happy. And on the surface, isn't really that complex, even though in reality, it's quite complex. What about you, Mike? One of the, uh, one of the things that I have done recently is embrace the iPhone battery case lifestyle while traveling. Even on the Max? Yeah. Oy. It's not that it saves me time, but it saves me hassle or anxiety. Like, yeah. Because my phone is always charged. Right? Like, it's, mm -hmm. it, it will go, it doesn't matter. If you're wearing that battery case, you can do anything to your phone and it will last the whole day. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point, especially on the Max. I mean, that thing is tremendous. Oh, yeah. Yep. So I, I like that a lot. Uh, how do you like your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? I don't because I have a peanut allergy. Oh, do you? I don't, did I know that? Is it bad or probably? Is it... Everyone forgets. I mean, it's it is it is increased in severity as I've gotten older, but I've never had an intense reaction. Oh well, that's good. Uh, I do love me a peanut butter and jelly. For the longest time at work, that was I would bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to work uh, every single day as my lunch. You're so basic. I know. I, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. I love you too. Uh, but I would do a creamy Jif in a brown paper bag. No, 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 no. With an apple and an Adwala. Mm -hmm. I wish not a while. I'm too cheap for that. Uh, I had a bespoke, uh, was it LL Bean, uh, like insulated coolery lunchboxy Ooh, thing. Um, that's so basic. Yeah, that, that one was expensive, but I used it every single day. Um, anyway, I did peanut butter and jelly on uh, whole wheat uh, bread, you know, traditional sandwich bread, but whole wheat bread. Uh, creamy Jif peanut butter, uh, although I think we had moved to um, the more natural version where instead of a whole bunch of like chemicals, it's just peanut butter and like some preser preservatives. Um, and then I would do grape jelly, low sodium. Uh, Aaron constantly makes fun of me for how much jelly I put on my PB and J's. Uh, she says I put way too much on. Uh, I would argue she puts no jelly on and it's, it's just, it's like a hint of jelly on her peanut butter and jellies. I, I think the reality is somewhere in between us is, is the correct answer, but, uh, I use grape jelly and, uh, I do not cut it in any way, shape or form. I just eat it whole. All right. And We'll do the last question. If you could have a very minor superpower, what would it be? I'd like to be able to control cars' tire pressure so I could give someone a flat tire if they're road raging, which is parked <laughs> very badly. I do hope that this flat tire would be given to somebody not while they were in motion, Chaz. One would hope. Uh, one would hope. So, as well as being a little sick today, I'm jet lagged. I didn't sleep very much. So, right now, it's kind of all I can think about. So, my superpower would be to never get sleepy. Like, I would need sleep, but wouldn't feel the effect if I only had, like, four hours sleep. Like, it just wouldn't affect me. Mm -hmm. That would be my superpower, just never to be sleepy. That would be pretty incredible. I like your answer a lot. 
The real superpower that I want, though, is the ability to control time. That's like the superpower I want. People want to fly or whatever. I want to be able to control time. So like you can stop go backwards? Stop it, slow it down. Yeah. Not backwards. Oh, okay. Stop it and slow it down. I don't want to time ah, travel. Interesting. That's a mess. Yeah, it is. I, I can get behind that, too. I really like that idea. Um, For me, I and this is... I don't know if this is uh, very minor or not, and I don't know if it's a superpower or not. Oh, but there is an ad- sorry, there's an addendum to my time travel ability. Anybody that I touch can also benefit from bullet from time. the stopping. <laughs> yes. So, like, if I was holding your hand and I wanted to stop time, everything would stop except me and you. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. There's there's a mm-hmm. movie or a comic book there or something. I've been millions. <laughs> yeah, well, many. that's fair. Uh, for me, I don't know if it's a very minor superpower or not, but I would love to have a much better memory. I don't know if I necessarily need a photographic memory. I think that's a bit intense, but a better memory. I mean, that whole diatribe about day one we just got through is because I have a terrible memory and I can't remember anything. Like day one for your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, in, in no small way. Yeah. So maybe it's not photographic. I may not remember every single thing that's ever happened, but just having a much better memory. I wish I had a better memory and and it pains me that my memory is so crappy. And so I, I would love to have that. Thank you for the questions, Jazz. I apologize again. I apologize for everything. <laughs> the show has just become an apology. I it's, just it's, apologize every episode. It's uh, it's both of us. It's just the apology tour. It's the It's been like a multiple month I know it's a real thing. The real AFM apology tour. Sorry everybody. I couldn't believe it when I realized I messed up the file last week. I thought I'd gotten away with no apologies on the episode. That's all right. That'll show me. That's all right. All right. Bye Mike. Bye, Casey.